Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A frosty Sunday morning. Good morning, everybody. You probably feel like you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And if you do feel that way, well, you wouldn't want to be a Packer fan at this hour. After that one was nip and tuck, back and forth. Third quarter was outstanding. Fourth quarter, not so much. Jordan Love turned into Bailey Zappi slash Mac Jones. The the throw he made in the middle of the field that was picked off by Dre Greenlaw that allowed San Francisco to win the game 24-21. If you're just waking up and you didn't see much of it, it's a heck of a game, and now it's all set up for San Francisco to go to the Super Bowl, I believe, as they await the winner of Detroit and Tampa Bay this afternoon. But good morning to one Tim Welsh, who's been on a plane all week, just got back from the Cincinnati-Oklahoma game. And, Tim, it's a college basketball world for you. Yeah, you know, it's sad, though, Meter. It is sad. You know, as you open the show, uh, what's today, January 21st, as you like to say, it's 7.01. Uh, give your little time checks. Uh, that here we are on Jan- in January talking about the NFL playoffs and nowhere to be found is your football team. Uh, it's just, you know, we're talking about the Packers and the Niners this morning. Oh, my God. Two of the grand- greatest franchises in history, Coach. What's wrong with that? Well, there you go, Joe. I know you chime in with your Niners stuff. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. I just choose to look at the bright side of things. Kyle Shanahan will find some way to mess this up with so much better talent than anybody left in the tournament, as we like to call it. Uh, But, hey, they're still standing. Give them credit. Got an undrafted quarterback. You've got a first-round quarterback that no one wants. And uh, away we go. Where we go? There, there's, there's how it goes. Hey, Lamar Jackson, he advanced. He righted himself a little bit yesterday. I like the, I like the Ravens. My good friend Gary Williams is a Ravens fan, so we'll, so we'll stick with the Ravens for now and hope that they do well. But it is a sad state of affairs, you know. Yeah, I thought that all like, day. It's funny you come up with that because I was actually going to leave with that, but I chose to, as you would say, don't go to the negative, go to the positive. No. Uh, I was, could be negative. There's no, pro- no problem with that. You don't have a general manager. You hired a coach who's been was on Wall Street five years ago and coached linebackers on a terrible team. Uh, and you know, you don't even you don't even have the wherewithal to go interview anyone. You know, uh, 
I, I had a few friends in the coaching profession. I didn't do this. I thought it was a little bit beneath me, but it was probably smart. But you, here's one of the reasons you go interview other people, Peter, yep. and you know this, yes. is that you get information from them. You get information, even if you have no in- interest in hiring them. You know, I had a few college basketball friends. They would go, when they had assistant coaching jobs open openings, they would interview 10 guys that they had no interest in, but would pick their brain about recruits and players and systems and uh, program ideas and, and gather intel. That's yeah. how you, that's an easy way to do that. But no, your Patriots, they, they don't have time for that. Jonathan Kraft is busy worrying about the paper towels. He's, he wasn't even, couldn't even, he couldn't even, he couldn't even make the press conference. He couldn't even, he couldn't make time to, he couldn't take it 45 minutes out of his day to even just show up. You don't have to be there. You just make sure your face is seen and then go handle whatever you got to handle. Uh, what could have been so earth shattering that he couldn't have been there in today's world of zoom? I, I have, I have no idea. And that was, that was jarring to me. I think, they're, 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 they are in disarray, uh, and we're not being dramatic. That's where they are right now. Uh, there's no direction. There's no plan. Uh, they got in a box. I have no idea why they were so quick to hire Mayo. I do know that, you know, clearly they, they boxed themselves in because they thought they were going to be a better team when they put that clause in the contract, and they thought they had a quarterback. And they thought that Mayo would be okay. And they thought that Belichick would come off a nine-win year or ten-win year. They'd be a playoff team. And then they go to Mayo. Everybody would play nice. But now they're, you know, one of the bottom worst teams in the NFL. Uh, I don't understand. everyone. You know, and the narrative here is, oh, it's okay. You know, there's precedence that teams don't have GMs. And they can go into a, a draft without a GM. And that's okay. Other teams have done it. Yeah, we know that. But not when you're when you're coming off a four and thirteen year, you need to be stabilized. Period. And they don't have that stability. Like you want to go in that room on your April twenty eighth or whenever the draft is, and you want to know exactly what you're doing. It's like you before a game. You want to know your game plan. You want your assistants buttoned up. You want everybody on the same page. What's going to happen? In oh, by the way, the most important draft the Patriots have ever had, ever. Coming up in 2024. Well, what's going to happen? It's high schoolish to do that. Yeah, it's the NFL. You don't give a guy a contract to, to be the next head coach. Come on, that's this. I've never, I've never heard of that. Plus, plus, where was he going? You know, if he went to Carolina, he'd already be op- available again. <laughs> you know, it's so I don't know. You, you know, you have to look at what you have and say, wait a minute, why, why would we do that? Who else wants him? So, you know, I wish him the best. Seems like a great guy. Everyone in NBC Sports Boston likes him, for which we, you know, we know all the people up there. And they, he worked there on quick slants with Tommy Curran for a couple of years, I know. So, listen, I wish him well. I hope he does well. I hope he does well. He seems like a really good guy. But the process irritated me. It really did. It did. It should It should irritate you. Anybody who's paying attention, and if you're not a, you know, we're all Patriot fans at heart, but if you're paying attention, it's 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 fraudulent it's fraudulent what happened it's just a joke i don't understand why they didn't do any due diligence not one interview look at what the atlanta falcons are doing we're gonna get into that in a minute look what the falcons have done they've interviewed 11 people 
Two more guys yesterday, Raheem Morris and Joe Brady. Two coordinators, one defense, one offense. And, oh, by the way, they're bringing Jim Harbaugh back for a second interview. That guy was available. So was Mike Vrabel, the guy whose quote was a home run hire, according to Ben Volan for the Patriots. And I know you shrug at that. But it is a it's a long list, plenty of offensive names. Ben Johnson, Lions, you'll see him today with that Lions offense, offensive coordinator. I mentioned the names before, Shane Waldron, Frank Smith, young offensive coordinators, though. the big McFay, Shanahan tree. Go there, interview them, bring them in. Can't hurt. I don't get it. Well, you can celebrate the anniversary. 30 years ago today, your man, Bob Kraft, bought the, bought the team for a skimpy number. And now it's it's grown exponentially, and he won't spend. And uh, away you go. You're going to run it back, run it, run the band back. But at least Bill O'Brien is, is at Ohio State now with your guy, Ryan Day. So we'll see how they what direction they go in with that. I'm, I'm sure I thought of you when I heard that news. I'm sure you were celebrating that because I know you weren't a big O'Brien guy. and no, no one was this year for that matter. And clearly there was some discord between O'Brien and Belichick. The Seth Wickersham piece detailed that. O'Brien got in a fight with Belichick, stormed out of the room, which to me is fine. Someone's going to challenge Belichick. God knows he wasn't challenged enough for 25 years. Uh, but, you know, that thing, I guess that whole O'Brien dissonance, uh, really characterizes what surrounded the Patriots offense this year, Tim. Yeah, it does. And listen, to dump on Bill O'Brien is probably unfair because he wasn't allowed to do his job. You know, he wasn't allowed to hire people he wanted to hire to help him. You know, you had the whole Adrian Clem thing, the offensive line coach. You know, he has none of his own people there. It's kind of like the Joe Missoula thing. You know, he didn't have his own guys. You know, when you're this coordinator, you got to have your own people with you. You know, that in coordination with the head coach, of course. But, you know, it's just the whole the whole thing. Uh, the whole thing was just a disarray. You know, it's just it's so interesting. The Seth Wickersham piece, just, you know, stuff we all kind of knew. Uh, but, you know, he validated it all. Oh, totally. Good for Wickersham. I know it was, oh, you know, he's a craft mouthpiece. Oh, he's, you know, the guy's in the bag. I didn't read it that way. The crafts really didn't come off great either in that piece. But as I mentioned, the Falcons, we have to go to the source. Is Belichick going to Atlanta? Well, that's not certain. That's for sure. There's a lot going on in Atlanta. We go to the main source, West Durham. You know him, you love him from the ACC network. He was busy yesterday broadcasting a game. He's going on a plane in about 20 minutes, but he's joining us right now good morning west my question for you right off the top is are you the only guy that has not interviewed for the falcons job <laughs> well let's just say good morning john tim good to be with you guys uh i would say this uh the list has been comprehensive um no stone will be unturned uh and that's kind of what arthur blank and rich mckay said you know a couple weeks ago when they made the move on arthur smith was to hey look we're going to find we're going to be patient we're going to be diligent um you know, I'm not terribly surprised there was a second interview with Coach Belichick. I'm not terribly surprised there'll be a second interview with Jim Harbaugh. I'm not going to be surprised if there's uh, more added to that list. Uh, I think Atlanta has to get this right, um, and they're committed to doing it the right way. There are a lot of interesting pieces to go with it. Terry Fontenot, the general manager, obviously was hired within the same day or two of Arthur Smith. Um, Atlanta is a better job today than it was three years ago. It's a 
team that is on paper close, but Arthur Smith, you know, went three straight years of seven and 10. And there are a lot of factors I think that went into the decision two weeks ago. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this ultimately plays out for Atlanta. I think. Yeah. Wes, Bill Belichick clearly, uh, you know, all of us up here thought it was a done deal and I, I didn't, but many did. Uh, so now clearly it is not, but if you're Belichick or Harbaugh or any guy that is interviewed, why Atlanta at this point, why do you think they're close? Well, I think they're close for a couple of different reasons. One by comparison in the league, they're, they're pretty young, right? I mean, they've got a young defense and by that, I mean, most of the players are inside of five to seven years. So that's good. Um, offensively, they miss it. They're only missing two pieces. Now, one of those is the most determining piece in the entire league, right, John? And that's quarterback. The yep. other is they're probably going to have to shore up the offensive line in a position or two. But on the whole, I think they're really close. And the other part is they got money. They they have come through the salary cap jail of a couple of years ago, the dead money on Julio Jones, the, the Matt Ryan contract, those type things. So realistically, they're also in a division that, as you know, has been volatile as hell for the last decade. I mean, Tampa's <laughs> won the division three straight years, but they won it by the skin of their teeth in each year. So, you know, it's an open division. It's a competitive thing. You are going to play one of the harder schedules in the league next year. So I think whoever gets this job is going to have a chance to build some early momentum. Plus, the other thing, too, that I think Atlanta has to take into account here, guys, they have not been to the playoffs since the year after the Super Bowl. And, you know, grass doesn't grow very much if you don't win in the Atlanta market like it does in any pro market, but especially here where the influence of college football is so high. And so the Falcons don't want to lose their spot in the marketplace, so to speak. So I think that's the other reason they want to try and get this right, too. Wes, what about uh, – great having you, of course. Thank you. I know you're traveling and running around. We'll get to Duke Pitt later. But uh, with with the Belichick situation – why didn't the door open and just shut quickly if, if all the rumors are true that Arthur Blank does want Bill Belichick and Bill <laughs> Belichick still wants to coach? It doesn't look like he's looking anywhere else. But why have they put him in this kind of carousel of different 10 different guys being interviewed? You know, it's a good question, Tim, and it's a fair question. I'm not sure that what we're seeing from the from our standpoint is actually accurate. Now, I don't have any insight or information that would lead me to believe it's not accurate. But it just doesn't feel like that, you know, they're interviewing a lot of people. And I think Atlanta wants to be comprehensive in that respect. I think they want to acknowledge and honor all the rules, you know, that impact NFL coaching interviews. Um, but at the same time, too, I, I think it really does boil down to a couple different guys. And at the end of the day, and look, I, you know, Mr. Blank bought the team in 2003. I went to work doing the games a year later in 04. And I can tell you that, you know, this is a big business. I mean, remember now, he was the co-chair of Home Depot with Bernie Marcus, right? I mean, there are a lot of people that are impacted. Bill Belichick comes here, and, you know, that's a that's a turnover because Bill Belichick just doesn't show up, right? I mean, there's a lot that goes with that. And there's also the question, the one I think that's probably fair, and you guys would have better knowledge than I would of this, is to what's the landscape he comes here? Because he's been comfortable for 20-plus years doing – not just the head coaching role, but also the, the administrative and personnel role, right? And what does that look like in the new world in Atlanta? Is it going to be exactly the same as it was in Foxborough? Because, as you guys know, that's been questioned now more than than most things. His coaching acumen is not questioned. The, the acumen of the GM side of the house has been questioned a little bit. So 
I think, you know, Rich McKay has been here 20 years. Arthur Blank's on the team for 21 years. You know, you kind of got to work through some of this. And I think that's part of the situation. I think also with Jim Harbaugh, that's part of the situation. Because the Falcons, like I said a moment ago, they want to get this right. They want to get it right all the way across the board. The other aspect, to, to be honest with you, and one of the questions I think, if Bill Belichick is the next coach of the Atlanta Falcons, how long does he want to be the coach of the Atlanta Falcons? Does he want to get 15 wins, beat Don Shula, and move on? Does he want to stay three, four, five years, see them all the way through, essentially get credit for building two dynasties, win a couple more Super Bowls, that kind of thing? I think those are all honest questions that in some respects, you know, have to be addressed before you make that kind of hire. Wes, you, you spoke about it earlier, uh, the situation with the quarterback. They have the eighth pick, I believe. And yep. do you think they'll make some trades to, to move up? Uh, do you think a free agent is looming? Uh, what What do you think they're going to do at that spot? Well, I think the files, Tim, are really interesting because Atlanta could go a couple different routes. I, I think the free agent situation is just as attractive as the draft situation. Um, let's be honest. You guys have seen it play out in New England. Uh, granted, it was a, a late-round pick, but I, I think if you're Atlanta and you've got eight, are all three or four of those guys gone before you get to eight? I mean, we're talking about Drake May, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels. It's, there's a real possibility all four of those guys could be gone if Atlanta doesn't move, as you indicated. And I, I think that's a real, real question that you've got to examine. Second part of that is there are some free agents who are pretty attractive. Um, and again, I think it's incumbent upon who's named the head coach. You know, is Jim Harbaugh going to see this thing the same way Bill Belichick? What about Ben Johnson? You know, Ben Johnson, you know, John will tell you, he's a Carolina grad. He may want to move heaven and earth to get Drake May, you know. I mean, he may <laughs> see something in Drake May that's the next Tom Brady. Um, he may see Drake May being Joe Montana. Um, I see Drake May being better than Caleb Williams, but in stride with Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix. Um, not to dismiss Caleb Williams, I just think those other three guys have a higher ceiling right now than, than Caleb Williams does. But doesn't mean that all four won't be great players. However, is that the right space and time? I can tell you, Tim, it was right in 2008 when they made the change at the coaching GM and they went with Matt Ryan. And they passed on Glenn Dorsey of LSU. And, and people in Atlanta thought they were crazy. Well, 14 years later, 15 years later, they wish they had that cat quarterback in the last two years, right? Because had they kept Matt Ryan, in hindsight, he was the only thing missing from this team, not only making the playoffs, but potentially still playing today. Yeah, no, what could have been? Wes Durham is the voice of the Atlanta Falcons, also ACC Network. Wes, before we go to college hoops, I thought you just touched on something. We think up here, at least, that Caleb Williams is the prohibitive number one choice. I think the narrative here is the Patriots are going to probably end up with Jaden Daniels. But why do you mm -hmm. think Williams is not exactly a surefire NFL quarterback? I don't know that he's not a surefire quarterback, John. I just know what I've heard from other guys. You know, I walk that weird line with Saturdays and Sundays, right? Um, I see guys on Saturdays who take notes for people on Sunday. So, I think there's a question about what the other guys are and maybe where Williams has got to grow. I think the Oklahoma to Southern Cal thing, um, the fact maybe that the team didn't play great defense, he was electric on offense. How much of that was scheme? How much of that was him? Um, you know, can that work in the NFL at this level? I think we're quick to, you know, start aligning ourselves with Lamar Jackson type players, right? 
Caleb Williams is really gifted. There's no getting around that. But is that Lamar Jackson? I'm not sure about that. Um, I I think that May, Penix, and Daniels are all really, really intriguing players. Really intriguing. And I think this is a four-quarterback situation. And I wouldn't be surprised if any of the four go number one. Um, Now, granted, Chicago's got decisions to make. And I would say this. Later in the year, Justin Fields wasn't a bad quarterback in the NFL. He was – he was middle third of the NFL, and uh, when he was healthy, he was really, really good. The problem is, can he stay healthy? I think that's the same question about Williams, to be honest, too. Um, you know, he's missed some games in his college career. Drake May, Michael Penix. Michael Penix has been hurt a lot in his long college career. Jake Daniels has been injured. You know, Drake May showed up every time, banged up or not. We'll see how that goes. I, I think there's some big questions. There's not a clear-cut number one. I think there's a lot of rhetoric about Caleb Williams, and that's fine. I think he's got a chance, but those other three guys from the people I've talked to are clearly in the discussion, I think, at the top end of the draft. What's your take or what have you heard about Daniels and what what can he do as a day one starter? Uh, I think the, the gift he has is the ability to not only throw it a country mile, I think he's mm-hmm. got the ability to to reset offenses against coverages. I think the one thing that people have realized, and you know, this, <laughs> I think everybody can understand this. The Herm Edwards administration may not have gone great in Tempe, but they put pro stuff in. Remember, Antonio Pierce was the defensive coordinator down there, right? Who's now the head coach of the Raiders, right? Yep. Um, yep. So Jaden Daniels worked against pro sequencing when he was in Tempe, Arizona, and he came to LSU. And the reason I think he had great success at LSU was because. Brian Kelly bought into putting his offense together around that guy's ability. And, you know, look, he had 600 total yards in a game. I mean, nobody does that. They don't even do that on a Madden console. Um, but he, he is a gifted, gifted kid who's got the athleticism, I think, that the new NFL is looking for, for sure. Well, Wes, uh, coming off that Duke pit game last night and very <laughs> – very interesting. You, I know you had the first game where Duke just wiped him off the map in Pittsburgh, but of course yeah. last night Duke didn't have Roach or Mitchell, and that's that's big. Mm-hmm. Uh, people forget that. You know the injuries. It's a couple of players. You know Duke's not that deep as, as it is. But give give us your oversight. Not only for the ACC, it seems like it's hard to put a finger on who's really good in the ACC. I think everyone's just okay. Maybe North Carolina's the elite team, and Duke went whole. But what's your take on the ACC versus the rest of the nation? What have you seen so far in college basketball? Tim, I think the league's getting a little bit of a bad rap. I think it's a little deeper than people think. Um, and I'll, I'll give you this stat. I was kind of working on this note this morning. Um, there were seven games in the ACC yesterday. The road team went 5-2 and two in conference play. Of those five road wins, three of the teams won on Florida. Now, granted, we don't have a big sample of conference size, right? We're only second quarter of the conference schedule. But three of the five road teams that won yesterday in the ACC beat teams in the upper half of the league. So, I mean, you you had, you know, pronounced wins. Pitt was one of those three last night, obviously. Clemson was one of those three. They beat Florida State, who was way ahead of them in the rankings. So, I think you have to look at the ACC as an unfinished product. I, I do believe Carolina and Duke are the two best teams. You're right about the Mitchell Roach injury. I thought Dan Bonner made a comment last night a couple different times in our show about, you know, that's 31 points in conference play that was sitting over there on the bench last night for John Shire. And that was a big concern John had yesterday was, you know, 
if we get into a game like this, can our depth be exploited? And a little bit it was, I thought. Um, but you give Pitt credit. I mean, Jeff Capel's done a really good job rebuilding their basketball fortune. Um, they had struggled winning at home, but they had won on the road, and uh, I thought it helped them last night, especially getting off to such a good start. But I think the trick for me, Tim, is Carolina's guarding people. And I think you saw that a little bit yesterday at, at Conti Forum, right, John? I mean, yep. they guarded the Eagles. They did a really good job. And I told Hubert Davis this week when I had him against Louisville, I mean, I don't know what you've done, man, but this is uh, this is not your dad's Carolina team that runs rim to rim at 94 feet and tries to score 100 possessions a game. This is a Carolina team that wants to stop you. And uh, I thought they showed that trait yesterday. And – I, you know, Carolina's ceiling seems to be a little higher than what I anticipated being a month ago, for sure. Well, Wes, I have to squeeze this one in before your flight, uh, because as being a former Jim Beheim assistant, I, I have to ask you, because I've seen you on, on the broadcast with Jim Beheim, and uh, I know yeah. Corey, Corey, you know, gets the water and coffee, and you have to get the stat sheet, but... Does uh, does Jim Beheim make you pick him up at the airport and do his expense reports for ESPN? I, you know, I, I, I'm just baffled. Who does that for him? And who does his okay. travel? Do you have to do his travel, All right. too? All right, Welsh, here's the way this works, okay? Yes, yeah, we do. I want to hear, I wanna hear, I wanna hear the – as Mad Dog Russo, I want to hear the scenarios. Okay, <laughs> scenarios. And I'm just going to tell you this. We're going to, we're going to be in Blacksburg on Tuesday night for BC Virginia Tech, okay? And then we're going to do games at Duke later in the uh, year. We're also going to be in Atlanta in February for Georgia Tech and Clemson. I will tell you this: he has been a delight to work with. I tell people all the, I tell him all the time, "You've done a hell of a job fooling people that you don't like media and all that other stuff for forty odd years." I said, "When you're actually a, you know, just a sweetheart here, right?" Um, <laughs> we have really enjoyed it. Uh, we do take care of the uh, of the transportation. In fact, he's flying into Charlotte tomorrow night. I'm going to pick him up because I'm flying into Charlotte. We're going to drive to Blacksburg. I told him, I said, it's not going to be as nice as a bus ride, but it's going to be just as fun. And, uh, you know, we'll drive up the mountain and go to Blacksburg. And then uh, our produ- we're very fortunate. Alex Farmartino, who John knows is a terrific producer off the Raycom yes. side and joined ACC yep. Network in 19. And Alex is terrific. And he he's producing the games. And, I got to be honest with you, Tim. I've had a blast. I really have. He's funny. You know that. He's dry. I mean, we we weren't two minutes into our first broadcast in December, and Corey said something about Coach. How do you like it over here? He said, "I'm good. I'm also I can also yell at officials and not get in trouble." I thought it was the greatest line ever. Um, you know, and, well, and here's, sure enough, here's the deal, though, Wes. Got you got you. Yeah, you must yeah. for the rides. You must make make sure you you take the option for Sirius XM radio because he likes to lift, listen to the Golf Channel while while he's in the oh, car. Yeah. And uh, I I want I want video of him going up to the crow's nest at at Cameron. All right, I want I want video of that, please. <laughs> well, it's funny. Shot. Shower asked me yesterday, he said, is Bayheim really coming here and going upstairs? I said, well, if he wants to do the game, he is. So, I mean, you know, we're going to we're gonna go three wide at Cameron against Notre Dame in February, and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I, <laughs> he's been delightful, though, and I think he's enjoyed the games. Um, I think oh, you guys are terrific. Is, you guys are really well, good. You guys, you guys are great. He is, uh, he's been funny, though, because he's, I said, Coach, have you enjoyed this? He said, well, I think Julie's probably enjoyed it more than anybody else because I'm out of the house. So, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's a fact, a, though. That's not that's not a joke. That's a fact. Yeah. 
Yeah, draw the line, boys. Hey, Wes, we know you're going to get on a flight. Safe travels to you. Great stuff this morning. Very informative. We appreciate it. we got to get you on again soon, if that'd be all right. Yeah, it'd be fun. Take care, guys. Happy New Year. Look forward to seeing you all soon, okay? Thanks, thanks, thanks Wes. again. You got it, Wes. Wes Durham, ACC Network, voice of the Atlanta Falcons. Outstanding stuff. Tim, I'll tell you why he's a great broadcaster. You love this line. Tells you stuff you don't know. And yeah, well. He just did it. Well, yeah, and then for those that don't know, I kind of jumped over the the, the rope here a little bit. Uh, the crow's nest at Cameron Indoor, you broadcast the spot there, is at the top of the building, and you have to climb this these god-awful staircase to get up yeah. there, and you feel like you're about five feet from touching the top of the building up there. So it's it's quite an adventure to get up and get down from up there. But, uh, yeah, Wes and Corey Alexander, great in uh, – Coach Beheim is learning the ropes. He's he's pretty good doing the games. I always like listening to his insights. I felt unsteady in the crow's nest. I mean, anybody would feel unsteady up there. It's called claustrophobia. It's it's not exactly an ideal situation, but a good view. Once you get up there, it's a good view. He's Welsh. I'm Mita Perel. This is Meter and the Coach. You can join the party, 401-777-1037. It's all wide open for you. Whatever's on your mind on a Sunday morning. Joe Passarelli, you're up next. Now, here's what's trending on WE. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 